Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. And on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Michael Fossey. Michael is head of sales at Rainmakers. Rainmakers is a hiring platform that connects high performing salespeople with awesome companies. If you're a job seeker, you simply build a unique sales profile, companies bid on you, and you get job offers. The hiring process is broken for both the candidate and the employer. Having been on both sides of the spectrum, Michael aims to improve this process to help candidates find the job they love and employers to find the right people to help them do what they do best. Michael helps clients use software to find candidates that are top in their field and are currently interested in new opportunities, helping them to improve upon key hiring metrics such as finding quality hires, reducing time spent sourcing, finding the right culture fit, and saving costs in their budgets. Michael, pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Outstanding. Can you kind of walk us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now over at uh, Rainmakers? Yeah, definitely. You know, I've been in a couple of software sales before and I, I ended up um, being you know, recruited over to LinkedIn and that was kind of my first foray into the talent space. Um, I really liked it because as a candidate, I kind of seen, you know, some of the struggles um, and then really learning about some of the challenges that companies have faced in terms of hiring top talent, whether it's engineering, sales or marketing or whatever role really led me to get more passionate about the subject. And from there, I joined a company called Hire.com at a very early stage. Um, I was there for about two years. And then I went over to another company called Vettery, which is a similar marketing place. And I helped them launch their West Coast market. I then went over to a recruitment consulting firm and we were able to, um, companies called Mitchell Lake. And what we did was, you know, really embed consultants into a lot of high growing tech startups who were somewhat struggling with a talent function, right? And helping them not only find great talent, but iron out their internal process and their interview. It was during this time that I'd actually connected with our CEO here, Mike Ferguson, and I really liked what he was doing because as a salesperson myself, there never been really a platform that's dedicated to salespeople to really help them find great jobs. It had usually been geared towards engineering or other various fields of talent. And I thought this was a great idea. So I kept in touch. We did some you know small projects together after hours and eventually decided to join Rainmakers full time and really help grow the business on the employer side. So that's where I'm at today. Awesome. Very interesting background and roadmap. Um, of course, I see that the common thread, it looks like throughout your experience is 
working in sales, obviously, but you're also at the intersection of hiring, right? Or uh, recruitment in sales. So you've had such an experience or had you've had a lot of experience with dealing with it, whether it be recruiters or other companies who are looking for tech talent. What are some of the things you've learned just about sales in that arena during your time at you know LinkedIn or Hire.com, Vettery, just, just anything across the map? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, right? Um, specifically when it comes to sales talent, it's a lot trickier to evaluate for than you would say an engineer. Engineer has somewhat tangible skills, right? Where they can simply take a coding test and you can evaluate their skills based on that. With salespeople, the challenge comes is that you know, there's so many different ways to evaluate their skill sets, whether it's a mock pitch or a writing sample or, you know, taking them out to a networking event, seeing how they perform, right? There's no real tangible skill set. So you have to get very crafty with the questions that you ask. You have to really understand exactly who you want in terms of like the ideal profile, but you also have to be open to, you know, something that you might not have expected, right? And the overall impact of sales really does affect the bottom line of a lot of companies. We did an actual stat where if a rep carrying a quota of about 750K, for every day they're not in the seat, that could cost the business up to $2,600 a day in lost revenue. So the longer it takes to hire salespeople, the more revenue that you're losing if you have kind of an open seat on your team and that quota is not being fulfilled. So it really does have a huge financial impact as well. And I think a lot of companies you are starting really to view talent as one of the most challenging parts of growing a business, whether you're early stage or late stage. Talent is the key um, part to really ensuring that your company grows at the rate that you want it to. Yeah, absolutely. That's a pretty shocking statistic that she had mentioned. I didn't know. I figured it would have been high, but um, I didn't know every day a company's losing $2,600. So I can definitely see where that pain point is when companies are strapped for talent. What are these companies asking for, whether they come to you at Rainmakers or, or in your past roles? What are the biggest pain points they have with hiring talent and making sure they get the right salespeople? Yeah, I think you know, they're, they're facing like the overall challenges of just anybody in talent, right? Which is one, there's the time to hire factor, which is two parts. It's one, you know, how much time is your team spending going through uh, unqualified resumes and taking phone screens with unqualified candidates? And then two, how long is it taking you to fill the role, right? And then the other one is, you know, ways to identify top quality talent. And then you also have to take in the cost of everything, right? So I think what we're seeing in the marketplace essentially is over the past, say, five to 10 years, companies have really shifted from being product-driven organizations to who can acquire the most market share first, especially when you're looking at startup and tech world. It's now about, you know, who can grow the fastest and who can acquire the most customers. And to do that, you need a large sales force and you need a very skilled sales force. So companies are really looking for people with backgrounds in consultative selling. You know, they have a bit of technical aptitude. They have a lot of hustle. Um, they don't rely on, you know, leads being given to them. They're still looking for a lot of hunters out there, people who can generate their own leads and mm-hmm. people who can do that in more creative ways than um, your typical email blasts and, and cold calls. Yep. Yep. Hunters and farmers, right? Absolutely. And for anyone who's listening who doesn't understand that concept and never heard it, uh, heard of it, a, a hunter, someone who you know looks for or specializes in finding net new business, new customers, and a farmer, someone who's more of an, in an account management role or someone who's more about grooming existing customers to increase 
customer lifetime value or, or deal sizes. Yeah. You mentioned something with, you know, you have to get, there's no tangible skill set within sales, like for, let's say, you know, software developers where you learn a language that can give you kind of coding tests that can put a finger more on your skills and, and test in a more standardized way. What are some creative ways that you've seen companies use within the hiring process to vet and hire good sales talent? Yeah. You know, I'm a good, I'm always a big fan of the mock pitch and that's nothing that's, you know, pretty revolutionary, but I think the ways that people are doing mock pitches varies a lot. You know, what I've seen successful companies really do to have a really great, you know, evaluation of how that person sells is one, you let them sell their current product, right? What they're comfortable. A lot of companies will have you try and learn their product inside and out in a couple of days and then pitch it to them as if you're an expert. You know, I think the candidate, you know, feel more comfortable and you actually get to learn their sales style when they're more comfortable in that environment, um, pitching, you know, their current product to you. You know, it takes a couple of weeks of training and onboarding for any sales rep to really understand like the value of what they're selling and, you know, the challenging pain points that they're helping to address within their target market. So without being able to understand that, right, you're not going to get the best kind of output of your mock pitch. And so I've also seen mock pitches where, you know, each person is assigned a role. You want to have it very structured. And you want to have the candidate also know what you're looking for, right? Your ability to you know, carry on a long discovery call, your ability to attach value to your customer's pain points, let them know ahead of time what you're looking for there and, and giving everybody a role in an assignment. And you can see how well you know, that rep does, especially if it's more for an enterprise level where they're going to be dealing with multiple stakeholders, mm. bringing them in, seeing how they work with different types of people. How do they address the CTO versus the COO versus the CFO? Um, and, you know, are they able to, you know, dive deeper and are they able to push back and be a challenger sell? So those are the big ones, but I think a lot of companies just kind of have it where they don't have any structure around it and, right. um, you know, really identifying exactly what you're looking for and what the expected output is, just like you would if you were managing, you know, a trial on an enterprise deal, right? You want to have clear expectations for success, even a rubric to, help you establish where the rep did well in their presentation or where they could have improved. And so you're holding every person that comes into that interview process to the same level. Awesome. Now that was, there were some great points. Absolutely. I'd like to know what sorts of trends in the marketplace are you seeing when it comes to sales and hiring or even just the sales world in general, but I'd love to get your insight into the recruitment aspect of it. What are some trends you're seeing in the marketplace? Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, I think if you look at more of just uh, an industry product standpoint, there's a lot of incorporation of uh, artificial intelligence coming now to various sales and recruitment tools, right? We're seeing an emergence of AI in pretty much every industry. It's no different with sales or with recruitment. Recruitment tools that are you know able to identify when somebody actually is you know starting to look for a new role. On the sales side, there's you know tools that you can use that you know incorporate kind of a, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a door opener or a hinge or a hook when you're sending your email, something that's mm. unique to that one person instead of you know the rep spending hours you know researching on the company. AI can now build you a great, you know, Basho style um, email directly, you know, with all the stats right there. So you don't have to spend a lot of time doing the research. So it helps to expedite the sales process. And you're seeing a lot of that on the candidate side of things too. So that's what we're seeing there. I think another trend that we're seeing is kind of this emergence of, uh, I don't like to use this term, but I've heard it as a full stack salesperson, right? You talked earlier about hunters and farmers. I think a lot of companies now are, 
are also seeing the importance of ability to maintain and cultivate relationships. So somebody who can do both the hunting part and bringing those clients on and maintaining and upselling and cross-selling into those relationships, really getting the full value of you know a well-rounded salesperson. Interesting. Interesting. Kind of like a, a combo, someone who can do both. Right. Awesome. The AI piece that you mentioned um, when it comes to giving uh, recruiters insight into when a rep may be leaving a company or when they may be looking for a new role. What does that kind of look like generally in regards to, you know, when reps might be looking to leave or why they're looking to leave and kind of how does that technology plug in just like within a scenario? Yeah. I mean, I'm no, I'm no expert on that. Right. Um, I think a lot of it is utilizing how long that that person has been at the company and whether or not they've moved up. Um, they'll look at things, you know, like, uh, compare it to the rest of their peer group, compare it to the industry standard. And usually, you know, using pieces of that, they can kind of do a compare and contrast to indicate whether or not that candidate is actually looking. Gotcha. Makes sense. Taking a step back from the technology piece and just more with sales recruiting, I've never been in, in recruiting myself, but I know that it is a tough job as a recruiter. What advice can you give when it comes to like mistakes to avoid for recruiters when it comes to tech sales and some of the most common pitfalls that recruiters fall into? Yeah, that's a good question. There's a lot, right? And, and sales recruiting is is actually really extremely challenging, right? I think that one of the things I've seen is that there's a lot of assumption that the only thing a rep is looking for is an, as a bump and comp. What we're seeing now in the Valley is that you get a lot of reps who you know might be willing to take a pay cut off their initial OTE, especially if they're coming from a larger stage company or an enterprise level company to really help build out a sales process at a smaller company or you know, be able to start hiring and become a manager and have their own team by being the first sales rep hired at an emerging startup. And you know, I think salespeople just see equity as attractive just as you know, an engineer or someone in marketing would, right? So a lot of recruiters are kind of just assuming like, well, you know, we don't pay enough. You know, this person's at you know, this company, which is a large company, like oh, we're not going to be able to meet them in comp. I'm not even going to reach out. I think you should always sell on the opportunity and the value of that, just like any good salesperson would. Um, recruiters are essentially salespeople, right? So yep, really understanding, okay, well, you know, if we can't win on comp, well, how could we win on this role? Like, what is attractive? What would someone with this person's background really see as unique and leading with that? And you'll see, you know, even in sales, the reason that people are leaving their current roles right now is usually something more along the lines of what they're not getting there. And, and it's not compensation, right? It's uh, they're right. unhappy with their boss. Um, you know, they want more flexibility, any, any of those types of issues, or they really want to build out a team or they want to contribute more than just, you know, hitting quota. So that's what we're seeing a lot of now. And as a recruiter, I think you should always be, especially if you're at an early stage or, you know, very small startup, um, you know, you're not going to win everyone on, on a comp, but you can win other ways. So keep that in mind. Interesting. I think as a salesperson myself, I've been too close to the job to realize that as well. But, you know, since your compensation is partially tied to commission, I, I guess from the outside looking in from people in other departments that do other roles think that, you know, money is your ultimate motivation. But I know from my personal experience as well, it's I've talked with lots of people and even myself at, at times, it's definitely not the main motivation. There's definitely a lot of other things that are going on that contribute to why you'd want to stay at a company and, and kind of move up or why you would look to leave and move somewhere else. So no, that's an interesting insight. 
I want to ask, since you know you've you had this experience in sales recruitment and you had experience over at LinkedIn, I do want to ask how can recruiters use LinkedIn to prospect effectively? Like what is the key there? How can they do that well? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, the product's probably changed a lot since I've seen it, right? I, I left LinkedIn at the end of 2014. So I'm sure there's been some product updates since then. But you know, I think one thing that's great about recruiter is you have the ability to reach out to multiple candidates all at once. But that also creates, you know, kind of a bad thing, right? Especially if you're looking for more senior roles. It's just like any like large level enterprise sales, like you can send the same email to an email of 50 accounts. But if you craft kind of a custom email to each account, to each stakeholder, you're going to get a higher response rate. It's more work, but utilizing LinkedIn Recruiter and taking the time to actually craft messages that are geared towards individuals, I think helps a lot more than just sending the same message out to, you know, 150 candidates every couple of months, right? You Mm -hmm. want to really pay attention and let the candidate know that you're reaching out to them specifically and why you're reaching out to them. This is standard why you, why you now. That applies to recruiters just as well, whether they're using a tool like LinkedIn Recruiter or any sort of, any other sort of uh, sourcing tool. You can reach out and you can do the shotgun method, but I think the most effective one is actually you know, spending time crafting an actual message and tailoring it to that candidate so they know it's a unique opportunity and they're reaching out to you specifically. The other thing I would add is just, you know, Utilize some sort of tracking system, whether you're, you're putting them into a CRM or an ATS. There's nothing that turns a candidate off more than getting reached out to again and again with the same message, right? So you want to make sure that you're yeah. tracking your outreaches effectively. And then you also want to make sure that you're nurturing them. There's a lot of great tools out there that help not only with just the initial reach out, but what happens if maybe you had a great interview with somebody, but the timing's not right or it's just not a fit now, but it can be in six months. You want to keep that person engaged just like you would any prospect. Yeah, no, that's all. It makes sense. And especially when LinkedIn or social platforms can actually seem so impersonal, um, the outreach on there, um, it's definitely nice to get more personalized outreach from someone who's identifying specifically why they are reaching out to you, not just because of the your headline or the title you have at a certain company, but something that they've taken the time to notice about you specifically. So I definitely agree. Right. Rainmakers. I definitely want to take some time to talk about Rainmakers. And I think let's start off at a high level and talk about the basic value prop behind Rainmakers and how it's changing sales recruitment in the in the tech industry. Yeah. I mean, Rainmakers, what we're really ultimately trying to do on the client side, right, is, is help companies identify top quality talent that's looking to make a move now in the market, right? So we talked earlier about the time to hire issue that can impact your quota. By us vetting for not only the quality piece, but also the intent factor, you're able to you know, schedule interviews within the same day with these candidates on our platform. And you know if you can move quickly, these candidates can move quickly too. So you can get them in fast and you can you know, minimize the amount of quota that you're missing out on. You know, we're also a great way to find candidates that you might not have found elsewhere. A lot of sales reps get reached out to multiple times on tools like LinkedIn Recruiter, but they're just not ready. With Rainmakers, it's on their terms so that when they're actually ready to start looking for new opportunities, they indicate that to their talent partner. They're featured live on our platform for a period of two weeks. And any company that's using us can see that candidate and reach out. And in addition to that, when you do see that candidate, it's going to be much more than just a resume or a LinkedIn profile. Um, We're having candidates input everything from average deal size to their quota 
to what percent of the outbound sales are generating themselves. And then we go deeper into who's their buyer profile, what types of industries are they selling into. We have a place for them to list any sort of sales awards or accolades. And we also have a questionnaire as to, you know, what are you looking for next in your opportunity? Why are you looking to leave your current role? Right. So those recruiters get all this insight before you even have to connect with the candidate. And it helps you, one, create a better message to the candidate and two, really understand whether or not they're going to be a fit before you even have to spend time doing things like a phone screen or not. So a lot of companies with us now, they eliminate initial phone screen with Rainmaker candidates because they know all that stuff. Right. They know what their quota is. They know who they're selling to. And those are a lot of questions that are usually asked in the initial phone screen. Um, so they're able to just recruit quicker and kind of shorten the process without sacrificing the quality of candidate. Outstanding. Yeah. I've got some some stats here that were sent over too. And the thing you mentioned about, you know, eliminating the, the phone screen and, and all of the deep drilling down you do into the candidate's profile and their selling style and experiences is incredible because anyone who's interviewed for sales positions you know, hates that initial phone screen where you're being asked the same questions right. over and over and over again. When, of course, as we're seeing now with Rainmakers, with technology, we can get to the good stuff faster and, and match people up more accurately and, and faster. I've got some stats here I'd like to go over. As we're out of, looks like you're out of beta last April. So you just hit the one year anniversary, correct? Yep, that's correct. Awesome. Average time to hire 20 days. I think that's awesome because, um, you know, one thing about, of course, uh, as a job seeker that you don't like is is the process, right? How long it takes to go right. through the whole thing. So definitely. 97. If you compare that, sorry, uh, if you compare that oh, no to problem. the industry average, right, it's, it's 42 days. So we're mm. essentially reducing the time to hire by about 50% or more. Absolutely. And then the 97% response rate, is that response rate when candidates put up their profile, 97% of them get contacted or is that? What that stat ties to is essentially when you're live on Rainmakers, your profile is out there, right? And Mm -hmm. companies will reach out to you and say, hey, you know, I'm company X. I want to talk to you about our senior account executive role. The candidate has the ability to say yes or no. And through the Rainmakers platform, we're providing them with information on the role, the company, and not just the company itself, but also their talent brand. Like, why is this a cool place to work? What's attractive about it? And they do have a point of contact here who will also, you know, help highlight the key features of that and help guide them whether or not, you know, based on what they're looking for, is this a fit? So if the candidate wants to interview, they'll go ahead and respond. But even if they're not interested, they'll still respond and they have to give a reason as to why, right? So it's mm. part of our rules of engagement with the candidates is being able to not only indicate, you know, yes or no to an opportunity, but at least, you know, if they aren't interested, one, you hear back from them, right? And two, you kind of get some insight as to why. And that's much different than say, you know, using LinkedIn where you're just not going to hear back. You get, a, you know, a, a 12% to 20% response rate still effective, but, you know, having this response rate is much higher because these candidates are already vetted, not only for the the quality factor, but the intent piece, right? And so, you know, they're looking and, you know, they're responsive. When a candidate goes live on the platform, their coach to clear their schedule, make sure they're not on any vacations, not closing out the quarter, right? So every candidate there is actually ready to like jump on the phone and and set up some calls. Nice. Nice. And I, I see here, you guys definitely do your time or do your due diligence and spend time uh, researching candidates and selecting the best ones. You got a 6% candidate approval rate 
which I'm sure that the uh, companies are, are happy with the crop of talent you're putting together. Um, candidates are blocked from their current and previous employer for, you know, which is good for obvious reasons. Right. Absolutely. And um, for employers, you only allow registration with the company email, which is good for obvious reasons as well. So for a job seeker who is interested in checking out Rainmakers, they want to build a profile, they've been thinking about leaving their current role or just kind of see, want to see what's out there. What's the best way to make yourself attractive as a salesperson? What are those companies looking for in a profile? What types of attributes are most valuable? Yeah, I'd say when building a profile, you know, it takes some time. There's a piece up there where you get to write kind of just a short summary about yourself. And a lot of times candidates will just make that one to two sentences, but that's a great opportunity to really, you know, make yourself stand out and share, you know, what you've done in the past, what your achievements are and what you want to do next. Also, you know, make sure that your data is up to date and that you fill everything out. We have one piece of the profile that's optional, which is a questionnaire, but we're seeing a much higher response rate with candidates that fill that out too. So aside from the normal resume stuff, like being able to track your performance numbers and you know anything else you've done, whether you've led a pilot project or you know been a team lead or anything like that, really take advantage of the profile and leverage that as your space to just make yourself stand out. Awesome. What types of... Um job roles do you typically see most on Rainmakers? Are they looking for, or are, do you get a lot of enterprise reps, um, SME, account execs, SDRs? What does that kind of breakdown look like if you have like rough numbers on that? Yeah. I mean, in terms of like rough numbers, I, I probably don't want to share because I'm not sure how accurate it'll be. But um, what I can say is that here in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area, usually it's that kind of like three to five year experience carrying an average deal size of anywhere from like 25 to 50 K, you know, selling a quota of anything from 500 to 750 to even a mill, right. They're typically called like mid market type sales reps. I'd say that's kind of a a big portion of our demand right now, but we do have roles from SDR all the way up to, you know, field level enterprise execs. Um, in New York has actually been a bit different. They're looking for a little bit more seniors, right? So we're live in both San Francisco and New York as our current markets right now. New York, we're seeing there's a bigger demand for more you know, tenured software tech uh, sales reps, right? Because I think what we're seeing, especially in the New York market, is a lot of people are leaving the finance to join tech, but the shift mm, hasn't gone there yet to where there's a lot of skilled reps that have been working in the tech field for uh, five, 10 plus years. So that's kind of been a more in-demand role, I think, based on the market itself. Awesome. Well, Michael, it's been so great uh, speaking with you today about you know your experience with sales recruitment and rainmakers and your insights in the industry. Where can people get in touch with you if they're interested in? If they have some questions about rainmakers, whether they're a you know company or a, a sales rep, or they just like to talk with you about some things you mentioned today on the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, first thing I'd say is just come to our website, right? You can either fill out uh, an application if you're a candidate looking or you know, start building your employer profile if you're looking to hire. Um, we do have a Drift Messenger set up there so you can contact somebody immediately. You could also email me directly at mike.fossi, F-O-S-S-I, at rainmakers.co. And then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have somebody get in touch with you shortly. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much, Mike. It's been great speaking with you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yep. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.